It is a beautiful morning here on the shores of Sandy Bay, Tasmania. Just sunlit. Still mirror-like water. Ducks are out. Ducks are out for Harambe. The white cockies. Look at that. Look at that, young lovers. Just waiting for the next marble gem set. Like the rest of us. I hope everyone's well. This magical Saturday, heading into the Hobart store. Hair plugs are coming along well. This sun will certainly give them a real little kick along. I'd like to thank Turkey. Bar, how are you doing? Flashcards. I wanted to hop on today and talk about I didn't really, I don't really know. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, history repeating itself. I mentioned yesterday in the podcast that some of the, the statements, particularly when I saw slab stocks the other day, really caught my attention in them. I've seen them for a while. I mean, they've always, there's always been the same hot take, which is don't buy X because this card's only worth X and therefore it's too big a risk. And I've kind of, I see that argument more like don't buy X if you can't afford to. Yeah, it's kind of like don't, yeah, your Porsche is going to lose 20, 30% of its value the moment you step out of the car yard. That isn't an argument to don't buy the Porsche. It's don't buy the Porsche if you can't afford to. Um, and I feel like boxes, trading cards have always been like that. Like, if the... If the Shaquille O'Neal insert in 1994 wasn't worth like half the price of a box, well, yeah, you probably wouldn't buy it. But no one was buying them with that mentality that it had to be that that day. They've always bought them with the intent that at some point in time this particular card could be a really good investment and I'm going to have a crack at it. And time and time again, and we've seen that this is the case, like fast forward five, ten years from a product, like we're ten years from 2013-14 right now, and 2013-14 stuff is significantly more. Now the time, particularly sort of halfway to 
three quarters of the way through a season when we knew that Michael Carter-Williams was not going to be the next Michael Jordan, you couldn't get, you weren't getting any money out of any of those products on the day. Ten years forward, you got any 2013-14 product, um, Yana stuff, logo men, short prints from that time, worth money. Um, 2013-14, if you scroll back to 2003-2004, well, like, LeBron logo men, 2013-14, from 2003-2004, or around then, I think it was sale, like 2016, there might have been a sale of a couple hundred thousand. Worth a lot more now. They're worth a lot more then than they were before, and they're worth a lot more now than they were then. At the time, uh, it's, it's a false economy at the time, and it's not how it works because the values in rookies and rookies aren't legends. So, my take is if you can't afford it now, don't buy it. If you can afford it now, understand you're buying for for then. And if you're not prepared to wait until then, be prepared to lose. You might win. There'll be some wins. Um, absolutely, there'll be some wins. Get some. Get a nice 75th logo, man. Get a cool pair of sneakers. Jalen Green stuff. There'll be some really, there'll be some big wins. But uh, you better be prepared to wait till then. Um, the biggest one that gets me is like uh, I almost bought some the other day. First Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. $20, boxes it got down to. And nothing's really changed. It's still Michael Keaton heavy. Like, you need to get Michael Keaton. If you get anyone else, like, good luck to you. But the uh, the boxes of that are, like, ten times the price now. I don't know. I can't see anyone's comments. I do apologize. The sun's hitting my phone in a really awkward spot. So if you are telling me to shut up or something, I, um, I can't hear you, unfortunately. Please hit the question, stick a button. If you've got any questions or you'd like to make a comment, I'll do my best to find some shade every now and then and throw your opinion up on the chat for people to digest. There's a lot more uh, to this game than what you get today um, with anything that you collect. And I think that that is actually at the heart and soul, the core of why we all do it. It's the, it's the box, it's the folder of stuff that you look through in two, three years time and are like, wow, I've got that. I had, I didn't know I had that. Wow. That is worth so much now. Like that's incredible. And, 
like my collection is doing this and that's that's a great thing like i feel like there certainly are people that there's people that play the lotto every day there's people that scratch little scratches all day on tiktok all day there's people that spend their day at the pub at the tab or at the casinos in vegas and and there's like heaps of ways that you can win or lose big on a day and there's absolutely that part of our hobby that does so much for the hobby like it injects all these cards into it and it makes this incredible uh, content that we just that we just eat up but most of the people, most of the people that listen, the people that listen to me talk shit like this, um, you're you're in it to to put stuff into a thirty two hundred pound box or a shoe box, sleeves and top loaders, and folders, and then three or four years time, be right. I was right about that guy. I was right about that product. I was. Let me know what you think. WandaVision, which is one of the first in a while, I think, the MCU, the particularly the TV series, to drop from Upper Deck. And the cards, what, what we've seen thus far, have looked fantastic. Came out this week. Um, the checklist is amazing. Unfortunately, most of ours are stuck in customs, I think. One case arrived, but the checklist is just stacked. Like, I'm not sure. The checklist reminds me of a, a leaf checklist. It reminds me of like a Brian Gray uh, cell, like where every case has a Ronaldo, every case has a Pele. Like, it, this, surely they're going to be like a Betney or an Olsen in every single case. Like, that's how it looks, how it feels. The sketch cards incredible. Some of the sketch cards for a, for a very specific set. Seeing Ash Gonzalez with these gorgeous Spideys and alike. I'm excited. Can't wait to get a case, sit my teeth into a case. I've got the uh, Winter Soldier and the Snowman uh, coming up. Soon, sorry, it's Captain America, Snowman. Um, what else they got? They got the Ten Rings coming. All really good upper deck Marvel Universe products. I'm really feeling this cyclical nature at the moment um, in the hobby. I remember, obviously, the boom in the early 90s, and the exodus. I remember going into car shops in the mid-90s and thinking, there's no way I'm going to pay that for a pack or a box. Who's going to pay that? And it kind of created this sort of exodus of sorts, certainly an exodus of the, of the new customers like me at the time. Um, and then we had this kind of period where the hiatus, where no one was really getting 
into these new releases in the late 90s. And then there was kind of a, a wrecking. These new companies, even the companies that came in like pre-1991, Upper Deck, wanting to change the way this all happened, very similar to Panini in 2008, 2009, and then the boom, very similar to the boom. This little mini exodus. And then this revolution of sorts in the late 90s of cards with these incredible short printed inserts and jersey cards. And is that what's going to happen? Is that what's going to happen again? Are we going to get that mini exodus and then this, like, everyone cutting back on their production runs to meet that changing market? Not have a whole bunch of dead stock? changing their configurations around new players into the space with fanatics. In top, we've seen so much evolution in top's product in the last few years, particularly in the Star Wars, which I assume just moves a little bit faster. It's harder to, to, to change and evolve a, a category like baseball, I would have thought, albeit we've seen some really big introductions, products like Cosmic. Are we on the brink of that late 90s era? I think we are. I feel like we are. A little, a little mini, mini revolution. And the people that are smart enough to be involved in, the people that, are, that hang around for that, I think this time, are definitely going to be rewarded. But, uh, I'm a big believer in history dictating the future and everything. Just hit that question button, guys, if you have a statement or a question. Look here, I've got something from 22 Jonesy. That's a really good Jonesy. He says that he thinks that in Australia really follows the NBL sort of evolution. We're seeing that a little bit. That's, that's a really good point, Jonesy. This hill doesn't look overly steep, I wouldn't have thought. A beautiful backdrop to a lot of you people listening right now. But let me tell you that from where I'm walking right now is probably exactly directly under the largest hole in the ozone in the world. And uh, this is very similar to old Tour de France stuff. Just getting up, which is why you can just hear the shallowness of my breath. I certainly feel that there's a hoops, which has been incredibly popular, and I always thought it would at the price point. Price of it's probably a third of what it was 2021. I think it got up to about $600 a box early, 250 now. But the, the autos uh, are certainly selling for not a third of the price. Um, caliber of players, amazing. I think it's a really strong class, much stronger than the 2021 class. So... 
think of the price point. Really great way to introduce people into the hobby. Trying to sell people a box of hoops for four or five hundred dollars just seemed uh, counterintuitive. Wouldn't have been too many people who bought that as their first box. That would have stuck around, I wouldn't have thought. Such a really good sign. Sold terrifically well. The retail skews of it will be interesting. Retail product has definitely softened. I remember when retail product, when it was like the the uh, the upper deck retail products, like the MVPs and stuff. I remember them just getting no traction whatsoever. And then we had the boom in 1920 and the craze around retail products and retail variations, which are not significantly different in their productions quite often than the hobby stuff, really took off. Remember the neon green hoops only available internationally selling for huge dollars in the US and of course that didn't last for long potentially it picks up again at some point down the track when pops on those are comparatively small hard to say but I have the same argument when uh, people talk about pops, and that is that basketball, soccer, baseball to an extent, certainly NFL, these are emerging markets. Like you think about, it, like the NFL's like played a game in London for a few years. Like that is the extent of their global expansion as a brand and the NBA still don't play any like in this region it's like a couple internationally like the growth potential of those licenses is huge we know that people collect them um, comparatively with Pokemon like the print runs and the production, it's like chalk and cheese. And many Pokemon cards still carry really strong secondary market values. Hundreds of dollars. One of the, probably the, the, the largest release ever, one of them, Crown Zenith, is a 200 plus dollar card. Now, will how will that card's production compare to a $200 Zion rookie card production? Be very interesting um, to to see that. I would think that there's potentially a few hundred times the amount of it total production. Um, I, I, might not, I might be close. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe that's a, a good one for us to research and get some 
facts, some truths about. But this isn't a game. Like these brands want to be Pokemon. They want to produce something on the scale of Pokemon. They tease with it all the time. They, they have projects which are extremely scalable and that touch on those same key markets, age groups, gameplay styles, things like that. So it stands to reason that you know, a company like Fanatics, certainly a company like Panini, even Panini, like they understand the scale of World Cup stickers versus NBA hoops. It's not even close. So there's a lot of talk about, oh, the pop's too high. Look at the pop. It's four times this and three times that. And it's like, yeah, because it's growth. But it's not like tomorrow the growth stops. It's not like tomorrow no one, no more people start enjoying NBA and no more people start enjoying trading cards. It just keeps it keeps growing, and the, the investment keeps getting stronger, and um, the products, from what we've seen historically, keep getting better. Look at what product we were getting in 1991. Like compare that product, 1991, like 30 years ago. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of scare, a lot of fear content being created that sort of paints a picture of like of this being a saturated market and potentially where like there's certainly if I'm a manufacturer I'm trying to find a level of saturation. Like I'm trying to find, like, at what point, how much can I produce of that before this happens? Like that's, that, I would think that's kind of my job to, to understand where that borderline is. But at the same time, the money that they'd be pumping into expanding that borderline, bringing on China bringing on Europe, bringing on Australia, those markets. That's, uh, I think that's the, the important thing. Like we don't see a lot of content about the success in those markets. Like people going to the show, into the car show in Germany, and we don't see the presence of global distributors like GTS, the presence of Panini, the presence of tops, marketing campaigns, using stickers, one-on-one stickers in World Cup, using stickers to engage and stimulate these markets. Like it's, there's a lot going on. I think that a huge amount of it is positive. I'd love to know your thoughts. I'm in the shade now, so I can actually read. No one said that 
secret button, which means I was probably boring. Um, oh, hey, Zach, how you doing? Zach knows all about new markets. It's been a while since I've done a little chat on the way to way to work. I haven't been able to walk too much with the hair plugs being at such an infant age. But with so much vitamin D. So and not a lot of not a lot of wind. Thought we would uh, just give them a run. Hey to improve breaks. Good to see you. Beautiful, quiet little city. Good coffee. Very good cookies. If you're if you like cookies, I like cookies. Then uh, it's a great place to visit. Guys, I'm going to let everyone go. I hope you have a great day. I'm not too far from. Cherry's Hobart flagship store. Be there today with heaps of crowns in it, uh, heaps of singles, heaps of boxes, hopefully getting busted in the store. So we'll hopefully bring you some live breaks of that. Thank you for the support of our Cherry Pie products. Um, another 300 sold this morning in a live break session. Four minutes. They sold out in four minutes. So the worldwide leader in buyback product and repacks, whatever you want to call them. Um, I'm proud of my team and I'm uh, really thankful and grateful for your support. So have a great day, everyone. <laughs> well, there's some new, there's some new uh, WWE in store. So get in and have a look at that. Jade, have a great day. Bye, everyone.